On Wall Street, the Dow is up 141 points, the S&P up 20, and the Nasdaq up 54. This is USA Radio News. The tradition. The suspense. The race. The Kentucky Derby is the pinnacle of horse racing. Rocket Mortgage is giving away 20 VIP trips to witness the Kentucky Derby in person. And one lucky winner will receive $250,000. Use it to purchase your dream home or pay off your mortgage. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. Oh, come on the stretch they come here at the Derby! The fashion, the mint juleps, the parties. This is your opportunity to experience it all firsthand thanks to the Rocket Mortgage Home Stretch Sweepstakes. Enter for your chance to win $250,000 and one of 20 VIP trips to the Kentucky Derby. The Rocket Mortgage Home Stretch Sweepstakes. Enter today at homestretchsweepstakes.com. No purchase necessary. 21 years or older. Ends on April 7, 2019. Equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states. And MLS number 3030. Republicans in the House are criticizing Democrats over the Robert Mueller investigation. Minority leader Kevin McCarthy says... Some Democrats should have something to say to the president. I think he's owed an apology from every individual that stood there and said they had proof. If they said they knew of collusion, if they said and went on the American public and misled that took us down this path. Minority Whip Steve Scalise says to Democrats, enough is enough. Secretary of State Mike Pompeo says the U.S. is expanding a ban on foreign aid to oversee abortion providers. We will enforce a strict prohibition on backdoor funding schemes and add runs around our policy. American taxpayer dollars will not be used to underwrite abortions. Abortion rights advocates slam the decision as dangerous to women's health, while abortion opponents welcomed it. You're listening to USA Radio News. Hey shoppers, the businesses here on the Radio Shopping Show have shown you love with great deals they offer. Return that love by returning to our businesses without a certificate. They will appreciate it and so does AM1400 KSHP. Keep the receipt from any active Radio Shopping Show business. Write your name and shopper number on the receipt, bring that receipt to KSHP and drop it in our bowl. KSHP will draw receipts monthly for fantastic prizes. So get in on the winning by supporting the businesses that support AM1400 KSHP. There's only one way to get ready to play the ponies, and that's with Race Day Las Vegas. So saddle up and ride along with Ralph Sirocco on this fun, fast-paced romp through the world of the thoroughbreds. With weather and track conditions, news, notes, results, and carryovers, the daily simulcast menu, live reports from the major venues, and daily selections from respected handicappers. From the racetracks to the race books, Race Day Las Vegas, Wednesday through Friday and holiday Mondays at 7 a.m. and weekends at 8 a.m. right here on AM 1400 KSHP. Hey shoppers, the businesses here on the Radio Shopping Show have shown you love with great deals they offer. Return that love by returning to our businesses without a certificate. They will appreciate it and so does AM1400 KSHP. Keep the receipt from any active Radio Shopping Show business. Write your name and shopper number on the receipt, bring that receipt to KSHP and drop it in our bowl. KSHP will draw receipts monthly for fantastic prizes. So get in on the winning by supporting the businesses that support AM1400 KSHP. 
Are you ready for the adrenaline rush of a lifetime? Flightline's Bootleg Canyon lets you soar down four separate zip lines spanning over a mile and a half at speeds up to 60 miles per hour. This guided three-hour tour and adventure will make memories for a lifetime. Flightlines is perfect for bachelor and bachelorette parties, birthdays, or just a day with friends. For info and tickets, check them out online at Flightlines with a Z, bootleg.com. That's flightlinesbootleg.com. Experience the rush at Flightlines Bootleg Canyon. The thoughts and opinions expressed in the following program are those of the program's participants and do not necessarily represent those of station staff, management, and advertisers. Give me the green light, cause I'm ready to go. Get ready to kick it up a notch. If you live and breathe sports, then this is the place to get your hot takes. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub. Vegas Sports Hub. With your host, Ian Rakelli, on KSHP AM 1400. Or stream the show live at KSHP.com. Now, turn up the volume and get ready for Vegas Sports Hub with Ian Rakelli. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to Vegas Sports Hub here on KSHP 1400 AM. Got my co-host, Ethan Meyer, And I got e- uh, myself, Ian or Kelly, here. Now, it is going to be a great show tonight as we are going to talk about opening day in the baseball world as it's coming up very shortly. Now, I have... Uh, very special guest on tonight, uh, Tom Talks Baseball. We have Tom and David here on the uh, lines. Uh, how are you guys doing today? Doing well, Ian. Thanks for having us, man. Yeah, thank you, Ian, for uh, letting us be a part. We appreciate it. Well, I'm glad to have you guys on. So now when we get into this season, it's going to be a very long season, 162-plus games. I'm going to start out with the divisions. I'm going to have my predictions for the season, I'm gonna have you guys give your predictions. I'm gonna start out with the AL East. Who do you think will reign supreme in that division this year? Well, well, Ian, well, uh, we our, our baseball show, Tom talked uh, baseball. Uh, Tom and I try not to discuss beforehand uh, when we're predicting or guessing or making bold predictions. But ironically, we kind of drove the same nail into the hole on this one. I think the Yankees are going to be the cream of the AL East crop. And why do you think that? I think they, they shored up their bullpen. Uh, you've got another season with uh, the, the trade they need, made over the uh, offseason for a starting pitcher. Uh, and I think uh, Judd and Stanton and some other young players, uh, Glaber Torres and uh, the like, will, will step up. I think the Yankees are a complete team in the AL East. They've- yeah, and I'm in agreement with David. Uh, the, the Yankees' biggest issue last year, I thought, compared to the Red Sox, was their starting pitching. They got Jay Happ for a full season. They got James Paxson in that trade with the Mariners. I think they bolstered that. The bullpen's even better. They brought back Britain. They brought in Adovino from Colorado. And then the offense is still really good, despite Gregorius being out. You bring in Troy Tulowitzki, who's looking to bounce back. You also bring in DJ LeMayhew. This is a stacked ball team, and I think uh, they overtake the Red Sox this year and get that AL East crown. It is a very good possibility. When you look at the rest of the teams in that division, the Red Sox and the Rays, could they be teams that you'd be looking forward to in the wild card? 
Go ahead, Tom. Uh, yeah, I think the Red Sox are they are one of my wild card teams. Uh, I think they're still, I mean, of course, very good. Uh, the offense is very good. I like the starting pitching. Nathan Evaldi is going to be there for a full season. But they took a bit of a blow in the bullpen, especially with Kimbrell, who's still not signed, uh, no longer anchoring the, the back part of that bullpen. Also, Joe Kelly has gone to L.A. with the Dodgers. I think they're going to suffer a little bit. Matt Barnes is slated to be their closer right now. He does not have any closer experience. Meanwhile, the Yankees got all sorts of guys who can pitch in the eighth and ninth innings for them. And I think when you get down to the later part of the game with those two teams, the Yankees got the advantage. But in the end, Boston still is a pretty good team, and I think they get one of the wild cards this year. I'm going the opposite way. I'm going to go with the Tampa Bay Rays as a surprise uh, wild card team. I think this young team is going to gel, and really what it's going to do is we're going to see if this opener fad that started last year is really a feasible plan to approach your uh, starting lineup. Uh, you know, they've got Snell, of course, that's returning, some young players, uh, new energy in Tampa Bay, I think. They, they had a great season last year, but it's hard to be noticed when both teams above you win 100 games. And then on the backside, teams uh, with Baltimore losing 100 games. So they kind of got lost in the malaise of the NL East. I think Tampa Bay is going to be the wild card winner out of the AL East. I think Tampa Bay, uh, they're going to be a good team again. They won 90 last year, surprisingly, and they did the opener out of necessity. Uh, this year, they're kind of going into the season doing that with, you know, three starting pitchers and Snell, Morton, and Glasnow, and then just the opener for the other ones. I don't think that's going to work for a full 162, and they don't have an offense that stacks up as well with the Yankees and the Red Sox. I think uh, Brian Cash will find a way to win some games, and they'll still be above 500. But I think uh, they just don't have enough firepower to get a wild card spot this year. Well, that that goes to my uh, bold prediction show we had uh, earlier this uh, month that we do on Tom Talks Baseball each year. Uh, bold prediction, and my bold prediction was the White Sox, a Red Sox, Barbie would not make the playoffs this year. Uh, you know, you got Mookie Betts, you got Martinez, you still have the core of the team. I think the bullpen's going to hurt them a lot, and and let's see uh, if Sale can uh, avoid that late season swoon. The after All Star break he usually takes uh, this season. If he does, uh, I think they're in trouble. I think Tampa Bay. I think Tommy Pham is coming out to prove something after leaving St. Louis last year. I just like the youth and and the uh, exuberance coming out of Tampa Bay. For the audience that is listening in, can you explain to them what an opener is for people who do not know? Well, an opener was something the Tampa Bay Rays tried out of necessity last year. Uh, they, you know, typically a team has a five-person starting rotation where you have five guys that can maybe go five or six or seven innings. But the Rays, with injury issues last year and lack of depth in their starting rotation, decided to throw a bullpen guy out there to start a ball game to try to eat up some innings, get some outs before they brought in another guy who maybe could go three or four innings. And it worked out pretty well for them. Uh, it threw lineups off a little bit because, you know, you're used to seeing this one guy for at least five innings. You game plan against him, and then all of a sudden here comes a guy who normally pitches in the eighth to come out there in the first inning to face your first three guys, and then he's out of the ball game. And I think it caught teams off guard, and I think it worked last year, and you saw it even done in the postseason. Milwaukee and Oakland did it in the postseason last year. But I think it's just dangerous to try that philosophy 
from the get-go for a full season. I think in the end you still need a set rotation of guys to be successful long-term in the big leagues. I agree with you there. I think that this opener philosophy, we're going to see what happens throughout an entire season. Because we only saw it for parts of 2018. But all of 2019, we will see what happens. Now, with the Yankees, I do agree on the Yankees. I think they will be the team that takes the AL East. I like their bullpen. I like their bats. I think they're going to have a lot of heavy hitters in their lineup. Now, moving on to the AL Central. Now, the AL Central has been dominated by the Cleveland Indians the last couple of seasons. Is it possible that a team could take over the reins from the Cleveland Indians this year, or will it be dominated once again in Ohio? Cleveland really doesn't have to play a meaningful game, I don't think, until they get to late September and October, maybe the stretch run. Uh, the teams that are in that uh, division are so many steps behind, but don't get me wrong. Uh, Minnesota is going to be coming strong. Uh, Buxton is playing quite well in Minnesota after a down year last year. I like the White Sox. I think the White Sox have a good court or a good start. I just don't know if they're ready to contend with that pitching staff, the starting pitching staff of Cleveland with uh, Corey Kluber, Trevor Bauer, Carlos Carrasco. Uh, that, that's a formidable rotation. The one thing that worries me about Cleveland is the lack of power in the outfield and that bullpen. The Cleveland gave up so much sugar in late games last year. Uh, that That's a big concern. But when you play in a division, when you've got a young White Sox team, a uh, Minnesota team with a new manager and a new direction, and uh, Detroit, you know, it, it's hard to say what they're going to do, but it, we, we know they're not going to make a run. Uh, uh, Miggy Cabrera might have a, a turnaround to his season this year, but that's about all they got in the cupboard. And then Kansas City fell off of their plan of building through youth. Uh, you know, five years ago, we were talking about this was going to be a team for the long run, and they seem to fall, to fall off the map there. But Cleveland, this is Cleveland's to give away. You know, when we were looking at this division uh, last year going into the uh, 2018 season, I was, and we were all thinking Cleveland was going to win this, and it was just going to be by how many games, you know, could they win it by 20, could they win it by 25, because it looked like nobody could really compete. But the Indians' bullpen ended up being really awful last year. And uh, even though they got a couple guys in uh, Brad Hand and Adam Simber from the Padres, they still struggled in the back half of ball games, blew a lot of leads, and despite a good offense and a very good starting rotation, uh, didn't really have a great record. I think that's still going to be a bit of an issue for them. Now, I do have them winning the Central, but I got the Minnesota Twins right there a couple games back. And uh, also, I got the Twins as my second wild card team. I think uh, Rocco Bodelli bounces this team back this year. Nelson Cruz was a very big get for them. Uh, the pitching staff led by Jose Barrios, he's a young guy. He's starting to figure it out. I think that's huge for them. And, and I like their offense. They put a lot of trust in a couple of the young guys and Max Kepler and Jorge Polanco giving them extensions. Eddie Rosario's underrated. Jake Odorizzi's uh, Michael Pinea, a couple of starters that I think can step up big for them. And, and Byron Buxton is a big one, uh, like David was just saying. You know, He had a really bad year last year. The injuries didn't help him. But he's looking really good this spring. He put on some weight. He's hitting with power. And we know he's got the tools. This is a former number one prospect. 
if he can play like that for these twins, all of a sudden they're that much better. And if they can take advantage of games against the White Sox, the Tigers, and the Royals, they beef up that win total, they can be right there in the end competing for the division. I'm going to go the opposite direction on that. I'm going with the youth movement once again. I think the White Sox will push for that second-place finish. I'm not predicting a wild card for them, but I think they're going to play good baseball. My rookie of the year is coming out of Chicago and Eloy Jimenez. If they can find some consistent pitching, I think the White Sox will give the Indians not a great battle, but they'll be there. Yeah, and I think the White Sox will be a fun team to watch, especially with Jimenez. We learned he's going to make the opening day roster, and he kind of thought yeah. that after uh, he signed that uh, six-year extension. They got Yohan Makata as well, another big-name prospect who didn't quite figure it out last year, but he's still very young. Jose Abreu's really good. But other than that, the offense is kind of lackluster, and the starting rotation is kind of garbage, you know, to be kind of nice about it. They don't have a lot of good pitchers and I don't think they're going to be able to stack up and, and compete in this division. They're still a year or so away. they got a couple good prospects in the minors. Dylan Cease comes to mind right now, another guy they got in the trade with the Cubs. Uh, they're waiting on him to come up there as well. Of course, uh, Kopech came up last year, looked great, but then got hurt. He's missing the whole season. So the White Sox are still maybe a year or two away, but they should improve a little bit from last year. Their big advantage is the division they play in. Yes. When you look at this AL Central, I see your point with the Indians, the White Sox. I think they are one year away when it comes to Chicago. I think they are just one year away from doing it, from being a good team. When I look at the Central, I think the Minnesota Twins, when I look Mm -hmm. at their roster, I look at the moves they did this season getting Nelson Cruz, You see uh, Byron Buxton, him having the potential that we saw as a number one prospect. I think we are going to see that this year. I say the Minnesota Twins could win the AL Central. I see the talent there. I hear you. Yeah, I totally Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, Also, Marwin Gonzalez comes over from Houston. Uh, Very solid player for the Astros. Comes from a winning culture. Jonathan Scope is a bounce-back uh, player of the year candidate. Uh, had kind of a, a rough year, but he's a couple years removed from a big year in Baltimore, and these guys are maybe going to be batting in the bottom of the order. So if those guys can just bounce back, uh, along with what Cruz can do, what Buxton can maybe do, and the young guys in Kepler and Polanco, this can be a surprisingly good team, and, and there's no reason to think they can't win the division. Uh, but I got them a couple games behind Cleveland. It's just that when I look at Minnesota, and I see your point, I mean, I think the Indians are going to be a wild card in my prediction because they're still a good team. I mean, there's a reason they've won three straight division titles. A solid starting five, and they have that two-headed monster in Jose Ramirez and Francisco Lindor. So they're still a good team. Yeah, you know, uh, Ramirez came up a little lame in a game uh, over the past weekend. Uh, Hopefully he can get back in stride. I think the key for... The teams in this division, as well as all the divisions across Major League Baseball, and we'll talk more about the NL Central, where I think it's going to be very important. They've got to have great Aprils and Mays. They can't start out sluggish 
or you'll be chasing the pack the rest of the season. That goes for Cleveland. That goes for the White Sox. That goes for Minnesota. Uh, they've got to come out of the gate and play some decent baseball, uh, come out on the top side of series as they uh, beat up on each other in the, in the division. So it's going to be an interesting division there, in the uh, AL Central. Yeah, and I, I think one final thing you can look at is the Indians and the Twins' records against the White Sox, Tigers, and Royals. Can you beat up on the other three teams in this division that don't stand a chance? And if right. you can, I think you come out on top. Now, uh, now here we are on Vegas Sports Hub talking with Tom Talks Baseball, Tom Young, David Lovejoy. Now, when we get into the AL West, the Astros have been – dominating that division as of late. The Oakland Athletics, they made the playoffs last year. It was kind of a Cinderella story there. And the Los Angeles Angels, the contract they gave Mike Trout in this offseason. Do you see any of these teams taking the AL West away from the Astros, or will it be Houston once again? You know, it was funny. Uh, last year at this time, even into June, uh, Houston was running away from this backpedaling. They were turning around and taunting the rest of the team. They had just sprinted out. We thought, oh, yeah, this is going to be over quickly. Seattle and Oakland both sort of made some moves and pushed them a little bit, especially Oakland. Oakland pushed them in into the playoffs. Uh, you know, wow, what a lineup in Houston. You, you've got, you know, Carlos Correa. You've got who I think is potentially the MVP in Bregman, Altuve, George Springer. Uh, they still, you know, Dallas Keuchel's still not in the fold yet, but you still have Justin Verlander and Garrett Cole in the bullpen. That's a potent one-two punch. Uh, if you're playing a three-game series, you have great odds to pick two out of three. Uh, so uh, Houston's going to be the cream of the crop. I don't know if I feel as confident as I did last year with 100-plus victories with Houston, but uh, they're going to they're gonna win this division walking away again. And, uh, yeah, to answer your question, uh, Houston is going to win this division again, I think. Uh, they are still the best team. They're still a young team that uh, should be, as a whole, getting better. But at the same time, I don't know if they're going to be quite as good as last year. Um, you know, Dallas Keuchel gone. Wade Miley comes in. Wade Miley hasn't proven it long enough for me to be considered a reliable starting pitcher for 162 games also Colin McHugh coming back from injury Brad Peacock was good out of the bullpen he might get a chance to start now and speaking of that bullpen Roberto Ozuna is not a bad closer Ryan Presley along with Braven got an extension recently and Hector Rondon has uh, some experience in, in the back half of ball games if uh, it comes down to that uh, getting Michael Brantley was a good bat a good addition there they lost Marwin Gonzalez Brantley when healthy is a very good hitter had a great year with Cleveland last year. He's now going to come over to the winning culture of the Houston Astros. I think uh, they win this division kind of easily, mainly because I don't think Oakland is as good this year as last year. I think they're still a solid team. They're going to be competing for a wild card. They won't get it. Uh, I like their offense. I like the talent. Of course, they're a very good defensive team. they got a lot of gold glove candidates, especially on that infield. But last year, that starting rotation was surprisingly good with a bunch of mop-up guys like Trevor Cahill and Brett Anderson and Edwin Jackson. And Mike Fires came over and was good. But if he's your ace, that concerns me as a team yeah. that wants to compete for the postseason. 
But these starters just got to get it to the sixth inning because the bullpen's going to be stacked, especially with the addition of Joaquin Soria and Fernando Rodney to go with uh, Trainin and Trevino. The bullpen's great. The offense is good. The defense is good. But starting pitching is going to hurt Oakland. I still got them in second. I got the Mariners in third, about a 500 team. They're kind of rebuilding a bit. But I thought they made some really good moves in the offseason. They stocked up the farm system, which they desperately needed to do, while still adding decent major league-level talent. Um, Kikuchi is going to be a fun pitcher to watch. We saw him a little bit make his uh, major league debut over in Japan uh, a couple nights ago. Uh, the Angels, you know, and once again, it's going to be unfortunate. Best player on the planet got the big extension, and deservedly so. But the Angels aren't going to be anywhere close to competing, I don't think, this year. I don't like the rest of that team. Uh, Otani's not going to pitch. I think that's where he's the best. Uh, his bat's not bad, but they need a lot more than that. And then the Rangers are going to bring up the rear in the West, I think. I, I agree with you on the Oakland A's. You know, Jackson kind of caught lightning in a bottle. Uh, last year after being a career journeyman in old life. And uh, that was a big surprise. I don't know if those surprises await Oakland in this year. Uh, Melvin's always going to coach a good team, manage a good ball club. I, I just don't know if they have the, uh, like you said, the starting pitching, the hump to get them over the hump. I, I fought with his decision even when we taped our show today, Tom. Uh, it, it's a toss up for the wild or for the second place team in this division between, for me, uh, the California Angels and uh, the uh, Oakland A's. I think they'll battle it out. I, I think uh, the Angels are going to nip them out for that wild card spot uh, and take that. And uh, after that, we go with Oakland. Then the Mariners and Texas will battle it out for uh, whatever left. You know, the Angels got Matt Harvey. That uh, they gave him eleven million dollars to try to figure it out. If he can figure it out, that's going to be a really good move that might help propel them to the upper part of this division. But, you know, your opening day starter is Trevor Cahill. Once again, just kind of like with Oakland, it being Mike Fires, that concerns me if that's your, your guy, your number one guy. You, you don't have very good starting pitching, and you're going to need that. Even though bullpens have become a bigger part of the game nowadays, you still need good starting pitching to compete at a, at a high level consistently. And I just don't think the Angels or the Athletics quite have that this season, whereas the Astros do. And so, once again, I think they find themselves in the postseason with a division win. Another big factor for the A's will be uh, if the guy who killed free agency can have a decent season and for supply some protection for uh, a trout. Uh, Pujols has got to be uh, on his game this year, and hopefully he can supply a little uh, cover for trout and Otani when he's in and that that sort of thing. So uh, there's questions all over Oakland. After Houston, there's questions all over the AL West. Exactly. Now we're going to move on to the National League. We covered the American League. It's kind of uh, dry. It's kind of, you know, cutthroat there where we kind of know which team (laughs) should make an impact there. Now the National League, the NL East, there are four teams that could win this division. Phillies, Mets, Nationals, Braves. Tell me, who do you think will win this very tough NL East? You know, with Bryce Harper leaving Washington, a lot of people are down on the Nationals. I'm not one. I think they've got a chance to have a good lineup, some good, you know, Soto gets another year. They have a potential Rookie of the Year candidate. Um, The cream of the crop, though, in that division with Nick Marchankis, uh, Acuna, uh, Albie, Freeman, 
I, I like the Braves to take this. And now they've got a young pitching staff. If they can gel and win some games early, I said it once before, April and May is very important this year in the MLB. I think they take the division. Washington will bring up a close second. Uh, after that, we're, we're going to go with the Phillies uh, and then the Mets. I'm just going to say this first off. The National League has potential to be insanely entertaining this year. Because especially the East and the Central, because of those ten teams, nine of them have potential to be really good. And uh, the East, uh, you mentioned it there, Ian, uh, all of them but the Marlins, they all could win the division. And I'm sure, you know, across the board, all four of those teams have been picked to win that division by somebody. Uh, I'm going to go with the Nationals, though, and that's funny because, like David was saying, they lost, you know, the big guy, Bryce Harper. But the fact of the matter is this is still a very good offensive team when healthy, led by Trey Turner and Adam Eaton at the top. Anthony Rendon has a chance to shine now because Bryce Harper is out of there. Juan Soto, can he have a good sophomore season? We shall see. But in the end, it's that starting rotation. Scherzer, Strasburg, and Corbin – Getting Anibal Sanchez to replace Tanner Roark was not a bad pickup there. Then Sean Doolittle in the bullpen, the pickup of uh, you know the uh, specialty reliever and Tony Sip from Houston was a good move. And Trevor Rosenthal, if he can bounce back from Tommy John surgery, gives him a pretty decent bullpen. I think the Nationals are pretty good. I think they win the division. I got the Phillies in second, five games behind them at 85 wins. Uh, I think they definitely got a good offense, but I got questions with their starting rotation especially behind Aaron Nola. We know he's going to be good, but Jake Arrieta is not quite what he was when he was with the Cubs. And then behind that, you got a lot of guys that are very big question marks. And the Braves are still going to be a good team. But, you know, I think they were ahead of their, you know, their acceleration last year. They peaked. Well, I shouldn't say peaked, but they, they, they were projected ahead of their higher. Process. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I can't find the words there. So I think they fall back a little bit, but that doesn't mean that they're off or going in the wrong direction. It's still a very young team. They got issues in that starting rotation. Mike Fultonevich, their ace, is going to miss some time early on, it looks like. Maybe not too much. But behind him, it's a bunch of guys who may or may not be good. And then the Mets got the great starting pitching. They've improved their offense with guys like Cano, bringing in Wilson Ramos, uh, as well, but uh, in the end, someone just had to finish fourth, and for whatever reason, I chose the Mets. But uh, I got the Nationals winning it with 90 wins this year, so that's how competitive I see it. Only 90 wins will win this division. Well, that... and the Mets, the Mets have the strong arms, okay? They even with the uh, addition of Robinson Cano last year, we knew what the problem was: no offense. So can the Mets muster some offense this year? Well, that's the thing. You have a very good point there. Now, we are here on Vegas Sports Hub with Tom Talks Baseball, Tom Young, David Lovejoy. Now, the NL East, I have the Phillies winning this division. It's not just because of Bryce Harper. It's all the other additions they had towards this year. You have Gene Segura, JT Romuto. You have Andrew McCutcheon, who still is a reliable center fielder. When you look... When you look at this roster and all the moves they made, I think they could definitely win this division this year. And then my wild card prediction, because I think an NL East team will get a wild card spot, I have the New York Mets. Mets? Meet the Mets. 
Man, All right. when, I, when I look at this Mets team, you have three very solid starting pitchers in Syndergaard, DeGrom, and Wheeler. You have Cano, you have Ramos, you have Amid Rosario. You have a very solid roster, and I see your point on offense, and I think they improved on that this season with their offseason acquisitions. I think the Mets could seriously make a wild card push this season. Well, I think offensively, one guy to be on the lookout for, too, is a rookie in Pete Alonzo. And uh, he's had a monster spring training. He's like in the 50s in the top 100 on the prospect list. So he's not getting as much attention as a Vlad Guerrero Jr. or Eloy Jimenez or Tatis Jr. But the dude can slug. And if he comes up and starts mashing home runs there out of, uh, you know, out of New York, all of a sudden that offense is a little bit better. And that addition of Edwin Diaz, too, in the back half, you know, closing games out. They got the best closer in the league last year. Well, now he's and, on their yeah, team. Well, well, and uh, and Reese Familia as well. Yeah. And Familia as well coming back after a short stint in Oakland. The bullpen's a little bit better, and you're right. That starting pitching's good. But those four teams, you know, it's almost like you just roll a dice and go with it. I mean, any four of those teams can win the East, and that's what's going to make it so exciting this year. Totally. I see your point there. The NL East is going to be very competitive, but another division that's going to be competitive is the NL Central. I mean, hey, take your pick. And before you guys make your prediction, I'm going to say mine uh, right now. I have the St. Louis Cardinals going out on top in this division. I mean, Paul Goldschmidt, you look at their bullpen, you look at their overall roster. I say the St. Louis Cardinals, who do you have? Well, uh, I think of all the divisions in baseball, this is going to be the Madhouse division. There's four teams that can honestly win, run away and win this division. Uh, With Goldsmith going to the Cardinals, uh, and some of the players they already have there. The Brewers will have some consistency. Uh, the Reds have made market improvements. You're going to see a different Cincinnati Red team. The Cubs, if they can stay healthy. I'm hoping you Darvish has a bounce back year, maybe a comeback player of the year in his future. He will get some all-star votes, I guarantee it. Uh, so I'm going to go with the Cubs to win it. I wrestled, me and Tom talked about this. I wrestled with this decision all day long, and it wasn't until last minute uh, between these two teams. Cubs in first. I'm going to go with the Cardinals falling up behind them. Cincinnati Reds in third place. Then the Brewers. The Pirates bring up the tail end of that division. But any of these squads have any major injuries or a couple of bad weeks, uh, three or four bad series, and, and, and you'll be looking up the rest of the season. These, these, uh, this team, Pittsburgh will surprise you, too. It's going to be a bloodbath. It's going to be a battle all the way out. Well, I'll tell you this first off, Ian. I am a big Cub fan. That's that's where my allegiance is. You know, I, I grew up in Same Illinois. Here. Yep, uh, I, I watched the Cubs suffer. You know, all those years until they finally got it in '16. Uh, but our podcast, uh, you can find on SoundCloud, is an unbiased podcast. So I make a lot of Cub references, but you know, I, I think from it uh, from an outside point of view, and I hate to say it. I got St. Louis winning the division. I I like the moves they made. Uh, Goldschmidt is huge. They needed a bat in the middle of that lineup. They thought they were getting that with Ozuna last year. And while he had a good year, he was a good average hitter. Uh, the power wasn't quite there. I expect that to come back, though. I, I think it's still a 
a very strong lineup. Matt Carpenter turned into an MVP candidate after his early season struggles. And it's kind of funny because the two guys, uh, both Carpenter and Goldschmidt, had very similar seasons. Like the first month and a half, they were hitting at the Mendoza line. And then all of a yeah. sudden, they both got red hot and became MVP candidates. Now they're on the same team. Uh, they got some good young guys as well, and Colton Wong and Harrison Bader, guys are looking to step up. Dexter Fowler's a good comeback player of the year candidate. And then I think the starting rotation they have is underrated. Miles Michaelis came back from Japan, was really strong last year. Cardinals decided to uh, uh, give him an extension. Jack Flaherty is my dark horse Cy Young candidate. This guy's a strikeout pitcher. He's a young pitcher, so he's kind of unknown right now, but he has the ability to to make you whiff. And I think if you can do that, you have potential to be a very strong pitcher in this league. Alex Reyes is an X factor. They've been hoping for this guy for the last couple of years to come up and, and do great things for them, but injuries have been an issue. I think he's going to start in their bullpen to go along with Andrew Miller and Jordan Hicks. And if he's any good in the bullpen, just like that, their bullpen is great. And to go along with a very good offense and good starting rotation, I think they get the division. Right behind them, I have the Cubs. I think they have the highest ceiling. I think if everybody plays to their level, I think the Cubs are far and away the best team in this league. I still have some concerns with health and with performance. Chris Bryant was not good last year. Injuries were an issue. He's healthy. He's looking good. Hopefully he can keep that going. Can Baez stay at that MVP level? He's got a very uh, frantic approach at the plate, swings at just about everything. Can he still be productive another year with an approach like that? Kyle Schwarber had a bad second half. Wilson Contreras was bad last year. Addison Russell was bad. When he finally comes back, can he be any good? And then the starting rotation, Darvish is injury-prone. He's looking good this spring, but can he actually pitch a full 162? John Lester has got an ERA above 10 so far this spring training. That concerns me a little bit. And the bullpen's got issues with injuries. But if they're completely healthy, the Cubs win it. But I just think they're going to finish in second place. They got my first wild card. Brewers got the second wild card. I'm going two wild cards in the central. Uh, they're still a good team. I, I just Their starting pitching concerns me. Outside of Shotzine leading the way, I don't know if I can trust two through five in that rotation. However, when healthy, I can trust that bullpen, and that's what got the Brewers to the playoffs last year, along with Yelich and Kane. I think it's still a strong team, especially if they can find a way to add Kimbrell. He's been linked to that team for a while, even though at this point Kimbrell's missed all of spring training. Uh, So I don't know how good he's going to be right out of the gate, but down the road, if they can get him to go with Hayter and Jeffries and Knable, that bullpen is unbeatable. The Reds are good. Uh, I got them winning 83 games. They've improved that starting rotation, which they needed to the last couple of years. The offense is outstanding. Now you add Puig. You got Matt Kemp coming off of the bench. Jesse Winker is going to get a chance to play every day now in the outfield with Billy Hamilton gone. Nick Senzel is a guy they got a lot of hope for. He's hurt right now, so he's not going to be up there right away. But getting Sonny Gray and Tanner Roark and Alex Wood is going to help that starting rotation. And despite the fact that I got the Pirates in last, I got them winning 81 games. I think every team in this division is 500 or better. And that was one of my bold predictions earlier this season. Don't sleep on the Pirates pitching. They got a great pitching staff, a sneaky great pitching staff. 
Tyone and Williams both had ERAs in the low threes last year. Chris Archer now is going to be there for a full season. We'll see what he can do. Felipe Vasquez is quietly one of the better closers in the game. They bring in Keani Kella from the Rangers, who was good last year, Kyle Creek, Richard Rodriguez. These are big strikeout guys, and that's what you want in the bullpen late in the game, guys that can put you back on the bench with three pitches. Pirates got it. They just don't have the offense, I think, to compete long haul. That's why I got them in the cellar. But in the end, it's going to be a really fun division to watch all season long. But I got the Cardinals one game ahead of the Cubs. Well, I mean, well, the, with the NL Central, I will say I I am a Chicago Cubs fan as well. In fact, I'm going to play this real quick. Holy cow! Yeah. Definitely had to play that. Now, I actually have the Cubs as my first wild card as well. Now, with those two divisions on how hard they are going to be, let's move on to the NL West. I am here with Tom Talks Baseball. Tom Young, David Lovejoy. Can we just agree that the Dodgers are going to win this division and move on? Because I feel like it's an un- no. it's undisclosed, no. undisclosed no, at this point. No. no I think you're can. wrong. All right. Yeah. Well, well, explain to me uh, how I'm wrong here. Dodgers, Go ahead, David. Uh, too heavy on one side of the lineup with bats. Uh, there's a lot of questions. Is Corey Seager going to come back strong after that injury? Uh, the main concern is their pitching staff. It's getting older. Clayton Kershaw has a dead arm in, in March. That's not a good sign, uh, you know. And, and in the last two years, even though they successfully had great World Series runs, they ran out of gas after the All-Star game. And so, uh, you know, they're, they're going to have a tough go of it. My pick for the NL uh, West this year is the Colorado Rockies. They'll win that outright. Uh, Blackman, Nolan uh the whole nine yards. And for once, uh, Colorado is winning – on the road. It's just not a Coors Field thing. They're hitting the ball, fielding well on the road. They're becoming formidable there. My pick going to be Colorado. I'm going to follow that up, and here's another one of my surprise picks. I've had these all all week long. San Diego Padres step up, uh, win 81 games, and they're going to be in second place, trying to fight for a wild card somewhere in this mess. Uh, but I think they'll be the second best team in the AL West, followed by the Dodgers. A lot of that falls on where Kershaw's arm is and the rest of that staff's arm. And if they can get some bats on the opposite side of the plate, after that, we're going to go with the Arizona Diamondbacks. They're going to miss Goldsmith. That, that was a, and we all can agree to this. For the Cardinals to be successful, Goldsmith can't have an April or May like he did last year. Totally uh, so not. That, that, that doomed them last year. I just don't think they have anything in the tank uh, to, to mess with the Colorado Rockies. Uh, so uh, that's where I place them. And now you go down, last place is going to be the San Francisco Giants. They're doing the exact opposite of what every other team is doing in Major League Baseball now. They're, last year they went out and got Longoria, and they went out and got uh, McCutcheon. And, and, you know, they paid big money or one-year, two-year deals for these free agents, and you paid for their past and not what Major League teams are doing now with Machado, Harper, even Trout, we're paying for your future. We, we see the potential. We see what you're going to do down the line. So that that hurts uh, San Francisco Giants. They've got to change their way of thinking, develop a better farm system, start developing better young players. And, and I'm with David on this one. I got the Rockies winning the West. Uh, you look at what happened last year. Uh, the Rockies' bullpen was awful. 
They had a lot of big names in the bullpen. Wade Davis struggled for a while. Brian Shaw came over. He wasn't very good. Jake McGee was not very good. And despite that, they tied for first and had to do a playoff game to determine who won that division. I think if that bullpen is just any bit better, they got the edge over the Dodgers. Uh, the Dodgers had Manny Machado for the second half of the year, too, to try to propel them to a division title. Uh, and, and I'm with David on this one. Clayton Kershaw scares me. He's had injury issues the last few years, and now in spring training he's got something close to a dead arm and has fatigue. Uh, one of my bold predictions was he doesn't pitch 100 innings this year. And if Clayton well, I, Kershaw could not bold. be out there – yeah, if he can't be out there every single day or every fifth day for you, all of a sudden the Dodgers are that much worse of a team. They still got a decent offense, especially if Seager can come back healthy. And AJ Pollock was a good pickup to replace Puig. But in the end, I think the starting pitching suffers with Kershaw out. Kenley Jansen, hopefully his health is good going forward, but he's, you know, outside of him, I worry a bit about that bullpen. Joe Kelly does come over from Boston. He's all right. Pedro Baez is okay, but really no one in there scares you as an opposing offense. Uh, the Rockies offense does scare you. I think they got some of the best starting pitching they have ever had in their franchise history. In fact, despite how bad that bullpen was, the Rockies allowed the third fewest runs in their franchise history last year. If that bullpen is any better and the starting pitching stays the same and the offense stays the same, and they added Daniel Murphy at first base as well, which I think that's a perfect fit for Colorado, I think they win this division. But it's still going to be tough because the Dodgers are good. I got them in second place. I got Arizona third. They're going to be worse. They're going to be a distant third. Uh, with Goldschmidt gone, but they can still be sneaky good. Zach Grinke's okay every now and then. Robbie Ray, Zach Godley, not bad in the starting rotation. Greg Holland being named their closer despite an awful spring training kind of shows you uh, just how desperate they are to get somebody good in that bullpen. And uh, I know David's excited about the White Sox and the Padres, and he thinks the future is now, but I think he's a little nuts uh, kind of picking them up there this quickly. Uh, but if you're a Padres fan, you got to be excited about Chris Paddock, and uh, we just found out yeah. before we came on with you, Ian, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. is making the opening day roster. So yep. they're bringing up that future uh, for opening day, which for Padres fans has to be very exciting, but they got to learn. They need some time to develop, and uh, outside of Paddock, that starting rotation is not very good. I think uh, they're in fourth, and then I'm with David on this. The Giants are in last place. I think they're just too old. Uh, they got to get younger. They got to get better. They got to get healthy. And I think at some point, Bumgarner becomes a very good trade piece for them. Well, you know, uh, you called me crazy for picking the Sox and the Rays and the Padres. Same thing was said <laughs> about the Atlanta Braves last year at this time. I, I think you're going to prevail as we move forward. I mean, well, that's the thing about this NL West is that, you know, there are some teams that we know are going to be in the middle. I see your point on the Colorado Rockies, but when I look at the Los Angeles Dodgers, that offense is still going to be good. When you look at the players that are going to be in their lineup, they are still going to be able to contend. I know Clayton Kershaw, I mean, with his health issues, I understand that, and uh, Jansen with his heart condition as well. But when I look yeah. at this team and I look at all of the offense that they still have, I know they got rid of Puig, I know they got rid of Kemp, but I still have some offense on that roster. I think they could edge out the NL West. Now, one final thing before I let you guys go, kind of a lighthearted 
uh, subject to talk about before I let you go. With you being in Amarillo, is it true that there is a newly created Double A team that's been uh, created there? Yes, uh, there is. That is very true. And what's the and what's the name the, of it? Uh, the Amarillo Sod Poodles. <laughs> And I love it, man. I think the name is awesome. And in fact, uh, recently, uh, the MLB on Fox on Twitter, did, you know, they got into this the bracket season with everyone else, and they did a a thirty two team bracket of minor league baseball team names, and had people vote on their best one. And that recently finished up today. Sod Poodles won. Yeah, wow. that was deemed the best minor league baseball team name and uh, i tell you what i love it it's, it's minor league baseball it's kind it's, it's kind of quirky it's fun it's family friendly and uh amarillo hasn't had an affiliated team in over 30 years and so we got a brand new ballpark we built downtown state of the yard uh tomorrow they're going to move the team shop over into the ballpark and uh that there's they're starting to become a buzz around town about this new team coming to town and especially since they are a padres affiliate number one farm system in all of baseball based on a number of different sources there's going to be some pretty darn good talent in that ballpark as well so very exciting times here in amarillo for sure I mean that. I, I mean I that team here. name. I'm just happy to. I'm just gonna say that one more time. I mean, my co-host is like just laughing right over here because that's an awesome <laughs> name, isn't it? Yeah, that's a that's a really weird name, but I, I kind of like it. I, I would wear a hat with that name on it. Yeah, it, it's another name for a prairie dog. You know, there, there was a lot of people that weren't quite sure what that name <laughs> meant, but that's what it is. <laughs> I, do like I grew the, up here in Amarillo in the uh, '60s, '70s, and '80s, and went on military and college and we were a uh a padres affiliate back then and we were the gold socks and a lot of people wanted the gold socks for those traditional names that you would associate with west texas the bronc busters the wranglers uh that sort of thing i think they i was a go when they named the first or five finalists for the names i thought sod pools it had to be it because uh, minor league baseball has changed from back when it was here before. The teams weren't really pouring a whole lot of money into those uh, stadiums, into those products, and now it's different. It's all about the fan experience. Uh, this is going to be a huge entertainment mecca for our summer, and we can't wait for the Sod Poodles to hit the diamond. Yep, and speaking well, of uh, state-of-the-art ballparks, we do have to talk about here in Las Vegas. We have the new Las Vegas ballpark for the Las Vegas Aviators, the AAA team yeah. here. So, I mean, there's a lot of state-of-the-art ballparks being created right now. Well, and here's a great thing, too. First of all, you guys got a brand-new logo as well this year. It looks really awesome. I'm, I'm digging that logo you guys have for that team. But the cool thing about Amarillo and Vegas, we're a direct flight away from one another. So anyone in Vegas you're listening tonight, you want to come check out the Hodge Town, check out the Sod Poodles this season, just take a flight over to Amarillo – and David and I will fly on over to Vegas and watch an Aviator game. We'll just uh, we'll just enjoy a lot of baseball this season. Yep, it's definitely going to be a great time. Well, thank you to uh, Tom Young and David Lovejoy from Tom Talks Baseball. Thank you for being my guest on the show tonight, and we will have you on another time. Thank Appreciate you so it, much, man. Brad. Thank you very much. Hey, hey, real quick, uh, check us out on SoundCloud. Uh, that's where you can find uh, Tom Talks Baseball. We're also on Twitter at Tom Talks BBP. And uh, Ian... Ethan had a lot of fun tonight. Would love to be back on sometime. All right. Sure thing. All right. So now uh, 
So all right, so here's what we're going to do now that there are about 10 minutes left in the show. Ethan, it's time to talk hockey. What do you Okay, so let me ask you a question when it comes to hockey. Okay. Is, Is the my mic on? Are the Vegas Golden Knights the best team in the West? Uh I w- uh, I would probably say it would be Calgary and not Vegas. Uh Calgary is just on the best hot streak right now. So in my opinion it would be Calgary. Explain to me why. Well, have you seen how they've been playing? They're dominating the entire Western Conference with only like 9 games left. Right. I mean, that's just the thing with Calgary is that, look, they are a great team. Don't get me wrong. But have you seen how Vegas has played since the trade deadline? I mean, they've lost the last two games, and you could blame that on fatigue if you really wanted to. But when I look at Las Vegas and I look at the Vegas Golden Knights, you look at their roster. I understand they have health issues. But when you look at this team, I think moving forward, looking into the playoffs – I think the Golden Knights have what it takes to be the best team in the West. Oh, well, I don't disagree, but I don't agree because I feel like they would be a first round out with all the health issues that they have. It's just a matter of how how well Fleury is going to heal up if he's going to be back on the ice before the playoffs. Uh, So coming up against, if they do play San Jose, uh, I honestly would see San Jose taking that one. And me and you were talking about this earlier. The Vegas Golden Knights can clinch a playoff spot tonight only mm-hmm. if... The Blackhawks beat the Coyotes, which they're at the end of one right now, tied at uh, 0-0. So, it, so far it's looking good for the Knights, but we'll see. Arizona's uh, been been cruising along so f- uh, as the last few games. As a Chicago Blackhawks fan, you would want that to happen. Yeah, uh, I want the Blackhawks to win, but I also wouldn't mind uh, seeing Vegas struggle just a little longer. Uh, so I would, I wouldn't mind seeing Arizona win. I think it'd be, I think it would make a great, if we can go into wrestling terms, it would make a great storyline for Vegas. It would make a good storyline, and I'm just gonna change topics real quick because we were talking about hockey. You brought up wrestling. Yes, man, WrestleMania. I mean, yeah. what's gonna happen there? Well, Charlotte just won the ti- the SmackDown Live Women's title tonight from Oscar, so that'll be interesting. Maybe take take the Raw Women's title too, and then combine them. Yeah, she'll just be a cross brand uh, superstar. Kind of like the tag team champions are right now. Yeah, well, to each is their own. Uh, it, it doesn't really matter. Uh, I, I I I want Becky to win. And why do you want her to win? Because she needs it, dude. It, she needs the title to be the man because you have guys like The Rock that were the man. You have John Cena, 16-time world champion, that is the man. I think Becky is not the man until she has the title. I want you to explain to casual audiences why it is a big deal that there is a first time ever a woman's main event at WrestleMania. <laughs> oh, that's a tough one. Uh, it's a big deal because it's never happened. Uh Last year, they were the co-main event, WrestleMania 31, in Dallas at uh, the Cowboys Stadium, AT&T Stadium. They, yeah. they, were, they were the like ma- main card mid-match. Oh, yeah, it like it was the they, title they fight. They were not the main event, but no. they were one of the headline matches. Yeah, well, this is a first for all a lot of like headlining WrestleMania. It's first for 
women, they headline, they started out the Elimination Chamber. They ended the Royal Rumble last year, or this past WrestleMania, uh, Royal Rumble, sorry. So it's a big deal. And it kind of shows how 10 years ago at WrestleMania 25, it wasn't even on the card. Nobody even cared about mm. women's wrestling, but 10 years well, that's later. Well, that was because it was a Divas wrestling, and the Divas just sucked. Right, but that's my point, is that now everybody cares about women's wrestling. It's because they're giving deal. them more time on the on the on the television. Right, exactly. Now when we look at the WWE championship, Daniel Bryan, Kofi Kingston, do we really expect them to put the title on Kofi? No. Uh the new day's gone after Mania. I'm gonna call it right now. Who's gonna turn heel? <sighs> oh, that's a tough one. I said uh, Big E. Big E's gonna turn heel. He has to. He's such a talented heel. Kofi's just a nice guy. He used to be Jamaican, which I find is funny. He used to be Jamaican until Triple H brought it up back in 2009. Yep. Yep. I I remember that. I remember sitting on my couch and just laughing my head off because that was so funny. Yes, it was very funny. Now, we are going to get into our final segment of the night. We are calling it our local spotlight. We are going to focus on the bull ring, which is going to be this Saturday, March 30th. Now, the Las Vegas Motor Speedway will be honoring first responders at Hometown Heroes Night at the Bullring. For the fifth consecutive year, they will be paying homage to Las Vegas area police, firefighters, EMTs, and other first responders at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway. Now, what this is saying is that all area police, fire, and first responder personnel with a valid ID along with four members of their family, will receive free admission to the bullring. The gates will open at 5 p.m. Qualifying will start at 5.15, opening ceremonies at 7, and then the feature events will be at 7.05. You will be having the NASCAR Super Late Models, NASCAR 602 Modifieds, NASCAR Bombers, the Legends, Junior Late Models, Bandolero, Outlaw, and Bandits, and you will have the fan favorite skid plate cars. Hey, have you ever seen the skid plate cars, Ethan? I have not. It sounds interesting, though. It sounds interesting. I'm going to tell you what they do. Okay. They take the back wheels off the cars, and they have them drive on two wheels. Oh, yeah, no, I I wouldn't get into that. I hate that sound. Wait, wait, you wouldn't get into it, but if you were watching them go around the track, nope. spinning around constantly, nope. you, wouldn't be, you wouldn't be interested in that? No, thank you. I hate that sound anyway, so it doesn't matter. All right. They can they can be upside down just on a water slide. I wouldn't even watch them. <laughs> I mean, well, they do have water they do have water slide uh, races once in a while at the Las Vegas Motor Speedway at the Bull Ring. But it is a very interesting event, Hometown Heroes Night. I would recommend people to check out their local racing scene in Las Vegas. Go check out the racers. Go support your local racetracks there. Now, when I look at what is going on right now in the sports world, I want to say thank you to everybody who tuned in tonight to Vegas Sports Hub. Thank you to Tom Talks Baseball, Tom Young, David Lovejoy for being my guest tonight, providing a lot of insight into the baseball world. I want to say thanks to my co-host, Ethan Gettemeyer. Thank you. For being on the show, talking about hockey, wrestling, and much more. Now, if you want to support Vegas Sports Hub, go to our social media at Vegas Sports Hub on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and check out our website, www.vegassportshub.com. 
where I will be writing articles. I'll be writing uh, new information every single week there on www.vegassportshub.com. And also uh, go support KSHP 1400 AM, which is the home of the most amazing show on the radio, the radio shopping show, Vegas Sports Hub, KSHP 1400 AM, Las Vegas. It's Brian Blessing, weekdays, noon to 2 on 1400 KSHP North Las Vegas and KSHP.com. USA Radio News with Wendy King. The House has failed to overturn President Trump's veto of a resolution blocking his national emergency declaration. House Speaker Nancy Pelosi urged members to override the president's veto on constitutional grounds. We take an oath to the Constitution, not to the President of the United States. Republican Mike Rogers said this is not about the Constitution. I've been on the Homeland Security Committee since it was established as a select committee after 9-11. Not one time in the history of that committee has there been any partisan dispute about the need for a barrier at the wall until Donald Trump became president. The vote fell short of the two-thirds majority needed to override the president's veto.